Welcome back to the Quacked Out Podcast. I am Charlie Folkstead, joined by Reed Tingley. Reed, uh, I don't think we have much more to wrap up on Stony Brook, do we? <laughs> no, I think we went a we went a good while on, on Stony Brook and a lot of Pac-12 stuff as well in the podcast after the game on Saturday. So I think I think we're pretty much good there. It, it's unlike most weeks where we have some wrap up on on the Tuesday show. I think we we pretty much knew what we thought about that game pretty quickly after it. After yeah, we had quite a bit to say about it. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. Uh, so much so to say about it that we actually have a Wednesday show instead of a Tuesday show, which is a little bit different for us. But hey, whatever, you know. Um, so we'll go, we can cross that off the list. We'll go over some like around the country type stuff and then look at Pac-12 and then zoom in on Oregon um down the stretch as regular listeners know this is kind of how we usually do our our midweek pods um just in an attempt to frame kind of all of college football before we just zoom in on the ducks uh and in doing that i think we even have to address some results from last week that we maybe didn't get a chance to discuss on the pod we were too busy talking about ucla and fresno uh when some games like bama and florida were going on so i think kind of the key question for this is i mean a lot of people looked at this and like me they saw bama score three touchdowns in the first quarter maybe early first half and just pretty much thought the game was over but apparently florida you know stepped back stepped back up made some adjustments and made the game pretty close ended up being a two-point loss for the Gators at home. Does this affect your perception of either of these teams at all? I mean, it has to, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's an obvious answer there. Yeah. This was a big result. Um, one of the biggest of the college football season right up there with, with Georgia Clemson and, and Oregon, Ohio state. And I think there's some parallels there that, that we can get into in a second, but um yeah, this was a this this changed how I felt about both teams a lot. Um, I think we all saw Bama beat down on a Miami team in Week One that at the time we thought was pretty good. Um, yeah. Everyone's heard this narrative already, but you know, since then we realized Miami was not as good as they were. They lost to Michigan State this this week, and and we've gone back and forth about whether you evaluate the win based on where someone was ranked at the time or or what you find out at them about them later, because that result and loss to Bama obviously has an effect on the trajectory of the Miami program. But regardless, this weekend's game between, between Bama and Florida was legitimately a really close game. I think a lot of people who didn't watch it all the way through for whatever reason, didn't realize that um, because like you said, Bama goes up uh, 21 to three in the first quarter and you think, Okay, this is a route. This confirms what we thought about Bama. They're they're not only in tier one, but they might really have some serious separation from Georgia and Oregon and the rest of the pack. Um, and you can still feel that way, I guess, coming out of this. But this game ended up being very close. Florida turned it around, uh, and they straight up outplayed Bama for you know the rest of the game after that first quarter. Um, Post-game win percentage expectancy based on the box score from collegefootballdata.com was, I believe, 79%. Um, 
for Florida. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for a, for a missed extra point or a failed two point conversion, they would have been tied and, and likely heading to an overtime. And this game was one of those games that had that sort of feeling like, Hey, if we play this game for 10 more minutes, Florida probably comes out on top. Um, and that's a big result. You know, just, just saying that out loud about Bama is a big thing because it's very rare that you feel that way about an Alabama team uh, outside of maybe a playoff or a national title game. And so, yeah, it makes, it makes Alabama seem beatable for sure. And it also makes me feel like Florida is a lot better than I thought they would be. I think uh, after their good showing last year, they lose Trask and Pitts. Uh, among other you know important pieces and and I felt like they're taking a step back Georgia kind of has a a real inside track on the east this year that still might be the case but all of a sudden now that Florida Georgia game seems like a big one and Florida for me I I have them squarely inside my top 10 teams in the country I I think that that result against Bama means a lot Um, and even though I knocked Bama down a peg uh, in terms of just how dominant of a number one team they are, I still have them as as the best team in the country right now. Yeah. Um, and so, stay, being that close with the top team, uh, even if it's at home and and you have to have a comeback to do it, is still a really impressive result. But what do you think? I completely agree. Uh, again, I didn't get to watch most of this game, but from an outside pers- from an outside perspective, I mean. This is a really impressive result for Florida. Yes, I know it's a loss. And like a lot of people get angry when they see a team lose and still move up in the rankings, but like they lost to the number one team. How are you going to like, can you really punish them? Like, can, can you not really, do you have to drop them down for being the number one team? I don't know. And I think we're seeing this, like we've seen this across polls throughout this season um obviously florida didn't really i mean what were they last week like 10 14 uh so they're, they're 11 now i think let me see what's so i think they sure rose though they from last week right isn't that the yeah let me see. no i think they're the same last week at least in the ap oh, yeah, they stayed flat at 11 that looks like okay well that this still kind of fits my point then you see this you saw this with ohio state you saw this with clemson um even a&m having a poor performance you see teams getting bumped down when they don't play as well as you expect them to. When in reality, a lot of times those games are being played against, I mean, in Clemson and Ohio state's case, literally number two and now number three in the country. So I really don't, I I under, I shouldn't say I don't understand. I really hate that people, including yourself, Reed, I'm sorry, are dropping teams like Clemson and Ohio state down to nine and 10 when like Clemson okay I can get it a little bit Ohio State is still very impressive are you legitimately gonna pick for example Cincinnati to beat Ohio State on a neutral field are they a better team is Penn State a better team than Ohio State I think Ohio State's still gonna be favored in that one and right now Penn State's number six Iowa for Christ's sake are you taking Iowa over Clemson or Ohio State no Uh, no I think for me, you know, I, I did my rankings and they're up on my Twitter for those who want to check it out. My kind of methodology for it was, though, I, I took five teams as my top five, and that was a tier for me. 
um, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, and Iowa. And the reason why I separate those five is because they all have a really impressive win. Um, they all have a win over a team that I think is in the top 15. Uh, and I do my rankings personally as rankings on kind of a resume basis of what have you shown me so far. I don't like to project too much into the future. I think that, that you make a good point that, and I asked this on Twitter, a lot of people said no. Um, is there any team you'd think uh, you'd pick to beat Ohio State straight up in the Big Ten? And most people yeah. said no, and I'm in the same camp. Um, there isn't a team on in the Big Ten right now that if I just had to look at that game and pick it, I would take them. But there's a lot that I think are really close. Um, there's part of it that's just I haven't seen it yet. And in this case, with how dominant Ohio State has been over that conference, I kind of do want to see it before I believe that another team is going to beat them. Um, but you have a good point there. I think, you know, I, I have Ohio State at nine. Uh, I do think there's some overreaction there. It's funny to me how going into the Oregon game, we had this perception of Ohio State that they were a bona fide top three team with one of the best offenses in the country. Um, there were some questions on defense even, but, but they weren't quite as severe as they've grown into. And now in the span of just eight quarters against Oregon, uh, who they played closely, mm -hmm. um, and then against uh, Tulsa this past weekend. Am I right on that? Yeah. Um, which is also a pretty not, – not a good team <laughs> by any means, but they played Oklahoma State close. They did lose to UC Davis early in the year, but – they're not a horrible team, I guess, and what is what I'm trying to say, um, because we people think Oklahoma State's pretty solid. Um, and Ohio State, even though they kind of flirted with that game, they won. It, the result was never really in doubt. Um, yeah. It wasn't as convincing as you want it to be, but that's kind of also the nature of college football. How do you get your team back after dropping this big game you've had circled on your schedule the entire year to Oregon? It's you know, not surprising that they would come out a little bit flat against Tulsa, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I think you're right that some people are overcorrecting over way too far on Ohio State because I think they still look like a functional football team. Um, I'm far more worried about what I saw from Clemson this past weekend against yeah. Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. Those offensive problems look really serious. And even though their defense was elite, is elite. You know, I was talking with you earlier. Um, Clemson's defense, in my mind, is just a small notch below Georgia's defense, really. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they are really good. Uh, really good. And they, they've had to control games. They controlled the game against Georgia at times, not to the extent Georgia's defense did, but Again, remember that Georgia scored a touchdown on a pick six in that game, uh, not on a fault of, of the Clemson defense. So, yeah, I like Ohio State above Clemson. Uh, I have them below Florida. I think that those three teams are something to talk about because you assign 
those three wins to the top three right now in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I go Florida, Ohio State, Clemson right now. But what do you see there? I mean, this is I, – I don't like putting top 25s together. I do like talking about them, though. So, I mean, it's I agree. It's a ridiculous that, process. Like, it honestly I, is. Like, yeah. it's so arbitrary. Especially three, week, three weeks in. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad the college football playoff doesn't drop their rankings until week, like, eight or ten or whatever it is. Um, I agree that Florida is a top 10 team. I'll, I'll say that much. And Ole Miss as well. You have Ole Miss rated higher than anyone I've seen other than Josh Pate, actually, who has them even above Oregon, but yeah, I've been at seven for their, for their, those listening. I mean, if we're being honest, like if Oregon was playing Ole Miss this weekend, I'd be more afraid of Ole Miss than Iowa. Yeah. (laughs) Would you not like, and again, that's, that's not how all, ranking systems have to work anyone else who listens to josh pate like we do knows that he he does his rankings kind of how i do or am making an argument for them of like who would beat who on a neutral field you know what would the point spread be yeah but he also derives all his numbers and go take a look at his poll the jp poll as well he derives all his ratings from uh his betting model his predictive model which is also easily swayed by results as, as people tend to do, you know, this is why Clemson and Ohio state drop so much. And, you know, that again, as you were mentioning, that's totally, that's a totally logical thing to do. I mean, I don't know. I just, I have trouble seeing Penn state and Iowa that high personally. And again, I, I have more beef with the AP poll than like anything you've put out. I liked that you threw Oklahoma down there because what has Oklahoma shown to us this year that tells us they're better than anyone in the top like 15, really? Yeah, that's my thing is I, I if, if I putting out my poll, how I did it again, you know, unfortunately, we don't have anything visual to show people. So go look pull it up on Twitter uh, if you, if you're interested, but like I said, I have a tier one through five right now. This again, based on resume. And that again is because of those wins. Everyone knows for the top three, what their wins are for Penn state. I have them beating Wisconsin who I have at number 11. Frankly, I think Wisconsin wins that game more times than not. That's uh, going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I have Iowa who beat Iowa state. Um, and I think Iowa state's pretty solid. Again, both those wins for Penn state and Iowa came off of benefit from a lot of turnovers, uh, yeah. in key spots. And so that's why I wouldn't pick Penn state and Iowa over all of the, all of the teams I have below them. But I think because those five have, legitimate resume wins that they can that are really quality wins over top 15 teams I put them up there because no one else does then what I do is I put Florida at six um, because then once you don't have a quality win like that I say I'm willing to put someone who has a loss above you if you haven't proven to me that you can beat a team in that big game then yeah I don't care if someone else played that big game already and lost if they looked really good. So that's why I have Florida six. 
I go through, I have Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Clemson at 10, Wisconsin, Arkansas. I could have both Wisconsin and Arkansas higher if I wanted to, honestly. Um, but I was already above the AP poll on them, so I kept them there. Iowa State, Michigan, Cincinnati, and then Oklahoma at 16. And that tier from 6 to 16 is my next point. Um, those are teams that I think are all figuring out their identity right now. And I could see all of those teams making a run to the college football playoff mm -hmm. and being pretty competitive in it. Um, yeah, again, like it's not too early to remind yourself that it's too early. Right. If you know what I mean. Like, right. <laughs> and just because Clemson lost in week one, that's the obvious example. Same goes for Ohio State. Same goes for Wisconsin. Same goes for AM's poor performance against Colorado. Like, just because you have, and Florida, obviously, one bad game. I mean, <laughs> if you run the table the rest of the way, nobody's going to care. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll understand that you deserve to be in the playoff. Right. I mean, this we, time and time again, we got to remember Iowa state was in the conversation for a playoff bid last year after they lost to Louisiana yeah, in week one. Well, and this year they were the only like non obvious pick to make the playoff. They were the yeah. only team you were hearing besides Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state and Clemson. And uh, who was the other? Oklahoma? Like, yeah, they were the only quote unquote trendy pick to make the playoff. And now people are reluctant to put them in the top 10, like, and for good reason. I mean, yeah, they beat UNLV and that's really been their only great performance in any week. Obviously Iowa's a great team, but we don't know how that game goes if Iowa doesn't force a bunch of turnovers. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the thing on, on Iowa state too is, no one gives the Cyclones the benefit of the doubt. People are looking for a reason to not believe in them because they have a talent disadvantage. And yeah. in that situation, when you have a chance and game day comes to you in Ames over Oregon, Ohio State, and the whole nation is turning their attention to your game and saying, okay, Iowa State, show me something here. Show me you're a legit playoff contender. And they don't do it even if it's through turnovers, a bunch of people are just going to put you back to the back of their mind again. And honestly, I can't blame them for it because yeah. you just can't have that performance against an Iowa team that yes, is solid, but they're not, they're not great to be honest. Like I said, I have them at five because they have the good wins right now based on resume, but they're probably not a top 10 team in my mind um, in terms of, forward looking who I would favor on a neutral field. Like you said. Yeah. Um, I think another place I want to go with this too is, is the conversation about, of course, our team, Oregon, you, I broke down what my tiers right now are looking like a bit. If you listen to most national people, they present a very different picture. Um, the consensus right now is there's, one tier, Alabama and Georgia, and then there's a huge second tier that Oregon gets lumped in with, um, kind of going down almost yeah. gradually through the rest of the top 25 or maybe somewhere around where I cut it off um, in the late teens. And 
that's really interesting to me. I think it depends how you want to do it again. You know, it's, you always have that push and pull between, are you forward looking? Are you basing on resume? Um, I put it on Twitter. I think if you're really just basing on resume and what have teams done so far, there's actually a really compelling case that Oregon deserves the top spot. And I know people are going to hear that and accuse me of homerism or whatever, but honestly, I'm telling you, I probably would have had Oregon higher if I was just following the process of my rankings. Um, and I almost downgraded them because I am an Oregon fan and a someone who covers the team and stuff a, a bit, you know? So I think you just look at their resume right now. I'm not convinced that Ohio state and Florida aren't pretty similar teams mm-hmm. and Oregon beat Ohio state. I think controlled the game more and did it without their best player and one of the yes. best players in the country. Yes. And they have a win over Fresno state who's a top 20 opponent and Alabama thought they had that versus Miami. And I think they don't, I think Fresno state is a lot better than Miami based on what we've seen so far. I would agree with that. Yeah. Just based on resume, there's that case there. That's not saying I would favor Oregon against Alabama on a neutral field. I wouldn't. That's not to say that I think Oregon will place through the PAC 12, because as we've talked about, I think they should in some ways they should be favored against every team by double digits or, you know, or I would have them there. But I also think most likely scenario, they probably do drop a game. Mm -hmm. Um, But we should recognize as Oregon fans, Oregon's actually been as impressive or maybe more impressive than any team in the country through three weeks. In my mind, what do you think of that? I think that, one thing you have to remind yourself with uh, like the difference between Oregon, Alabama, and Georgia. Yes, Oregon has one amazing win. Like you can check that box for all three teams, right? Fresno State, yes, they're a good team, but at the end of the day, they are a group of five school. While I think they're a better team than Miami, I think it would be more accurate to call them comparable. And the way in which both those games were won for each respective team, Alabama blew the doors off of Miami. That game was over by halftime. That's Oregon, true. If we're being honest with ourselves, we struggled with Fresno State. There's a chance we lose that game if we play it again, um, especially right. without KT. I do agree you have to take individual players into account. That's something that some people, like, on principle don't do. But I think if you're being realistic about – your rankings and being realistic about the teams you're looking at, why wouldn't you think about individual players and injuries and who a team did or didn't have? I think that's totally fair with Georgia as well. Like, yeah, they had the super impressive. Well, depending on what kind of football you like to watch, maybe it wasn't super impressive, but I mean, I think convincing is an okay word to use a convincing win against Clemson. Yeah, that 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 game is so interesting to me, and I was I was so talking weird, with, man. It's, it's so, so weird. It's so weird because on the one hand, I remember it as Georgia being so dominant. Uh, yeah, and especially that defense. I mean, was just 
absolutely suffocating of Clemson's attack. It, it seemed like they could have played, you know, three more games and, and Clemson probably would have never scored a touchdown. Yeah. And, but on the other side, if they drop one pick six by, yeah. <laughs> you know, just by the box score, by the play-by-play, we're going to overtime. Yeah. You know, that that's not necessarily true situationally, but I'm just saying you take the seven points off the board that happened on one amazing play, but ultimately kind of a fluke play. Um, and it's a tie game. Yeah. So, so it's really weird to take that much away from that game. Um, but I also, I don't think a lot of teams could move the ball on either Georgia or Clemson's defense very effectively. Uh, and credit to Georgia for forcing Clemson to play their type of game. And even though it wasn't pretty and they didn't pull away by a big margin, ultimately Georgia just kind of suffocated Clemson that whole night. Yeah, just exactly. Slow and painful, but they did it and they controlled it the whole way and, and never really let Clemson see the light where they had a chance to, to win that game, it felt like. Yeah, and in that way, I was going to compare it actually to the Oregon-Ohio State game where, yeah, there were both seven-point wins, about as polar opposite seven-point wins as you can get right. um, in terms of the, the final score. But exactly, you're exactly right. Like, it didn't really feel like Ohio State ever had control of that game. Same thing with Clemson. So, yeah, in that way, I – my point being, I see those as very similar, but I've seen more from Georgia's offense than I have from Oregon's. I, I question Oregon's ability on offense to go up against some of these really massive teams. Obviously, yeah. yes, we did very well against Ohio State. The offense scored 35 points, but I think we're starting to see – I mean, a lot of people pin that on Ohio State's inability to – you know, be diverse in their coverages. Like Kerry right. Coombs wasn't willing to go off of man coverage. He wasn't willing to really change up the defense and respond to Oregon things that, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, Kirby smart's not going to have a problem like game planning against Oregon's offense compared to Kerry Coombs. Yeah. So yeah, Big same, same thing goes for sure. Bama. Like I would very much fear those defenses a lot more than I did Ohio state's. Which is funny because, yeah. I mean, it's easier to say that in hindsight, but I don't know. I, all well, that to say, I think it's totally fair to, to rate Oregon just below Bama and Georgia so far because we've seen dominant performances from Bama and Georgia against better teams than Stony Brook. You know, we haven't had that game yet. Now, here's the thing. If we blow the doors off Arizona and, like, Alabama – and if Georgia somehow struggles with Vandy – and Alabama somehow struggles with, oh dear, Southern Miss, like, okay, then I could see Oregon leapfrogging and have it be justified. But overall, I'm just not super, I, I don't really care even. It sounds weird to say, but I really don't care if we end up being number one at any point this year. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's the best position to have ultimately. <laughs> I, I like to throw it around and talk about it, but it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, if we're uh, in, we're in, and that's that's what matters to me. Yeah, the exciting thing is just that 
this is a conversation we can have that's yeah. that actually there's a back and forth between and and it's it's just crazy you know I remember not that long ago a few weeks ago going into this season talking with people on Twitter and I think expectations started to wane a bit as as the season approached um and I don't know why it happened exactly, but I think, you know, the Ohio State started game loomed and, and people expected Ohio State to be really good. Um, and then Washington looked about a lot better than they are. USC, we thought was better than they have turned out to be. I mean, really the whole Pac-12. Um, and so I started to have conversations with people like, uh, what if Oregon goes nine and three? How do we feel about that? Because again, that was the biggest win total going into yeah. this year. Um, and almost any national person you had heard talk about the Ohio State game said we had little to no chance in it. Now, week three, Oregon sitting at number three in the polls, and we're having serious discussions about them playing, you know, potentially being able to play competitive games against Bama and Georgia. They won't be favored, but those are games that Oregon could in some world win, which that's the standard I'm judging it off of because mm -hmm. in 2020 and 2019, it was tough to feel that way about LSU or Bama, like in literally any world, Oregon yeah. could have competed with those teams. Um, and then legitimately, when you look at the rest of the sport outside of those two, I mean, who do you not favor Oregon against? I think, Florida, I'm curious about after the game they just played. A&M, I'm, I'm interested in, but I looked unconvincing at times as well. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, could be good. I'm interested to see how Wisconsin turns things around as a team. But ultimately, I'm picking Oregon in, in a lot, if not all, of those games. Yeah. And yeah. that's that is crazy. I think – Oregon fans who don't, who are so narrowly focused on just this program kind of might hear that and say, no, that's not true. I've seen a lot better Oregon teams in my day. The 2019 team is arguably better than the one we have now. And I would agree with that almost. Yeah. But that's just how the national landscape of this sport is this year. There yeah, man, are, there's, we've talked about it with quarterback, but there's just, we thought it was Alabama, but there aren't truly dominant teams yet. Yeah. There are two, there are two really good to great teams maybe, or, you know, however you want to say it, not, but they're not like all time teams. And then there's a bunch of pretty good teams or good teams. Yeah. Um, Alabama looks beatable. I mean, against yeah. Florida, they were beatable. Georgia, yeah. I mean, against Clemson were beatable, I think it's safe to say, even though they seem to have control of that game. Again, as you said, we're going to overtime if uh, whoever it was doesn't take it to the house. I can't even remember. Yeah, and, and uh, with Georgia especially, my question is just, I think we've seen them play. So we saw them play a really good defense, and they couldn't do that much against them. And then we saw them play a bunch of bad – defenses and to their credit they made them look like bad defenses you know yeah one of them without um, jt as well right but how do they look against 
a team like Oregon on defense, who's yeah. a very good, you know, very good defense, not one of the elite ones like Georgia or Clemson, but a very good defense. Is Oregon going to be able to suffocate them in a way that's similar to how Clemson did? You know, because if Oregon's defense can hold Georgia under 20, let's say, Oregon's going to have a shot in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe Clemson's just is that elite that Georgia struggled against them, but Georgia would still be able to put up 20-plus on Oregon and a lot of other teams. So that's going to be really interesting to see, I think, as, as we go forward. I agree. So do you want to maybe go over some games this weekend and see on the national scene, what would be beneficial to Oregon and in these results? Yeah, let's do it. I think Notre Dame, Wisconsin has to be the first one we talk about. This game will be in soldier field in Chicago. I think technically Wisconsin's the home team, but that doesn't really matter who, I mean, my gut says it's better if, Notre Dame wins this game, but also they're still undefeated right now. Like my gut, my gut says it would be more beneficial for Oregon for the better team to lose. Right. And I think Wisconsin is the better team, but they already have a loss. That that's how I should have kind of phrased that. Um, who do you think wins this game? You kind of already mentioned it. And what result do you think is better for us? I think that Wisconsin uh, losing is is much better for Oregon. Okay. Because I think Wisconsin has a chance to uh, make some real impact in the Big Ten. And if they can get two early losses, then all of a sudden they're they're low on the on the um, list of you know they really take a hit in terms of their playoff chances. Yeah. Um, but they still have the opportunity to do some real damage in the Big Ten. You look at how their schedule sets up. Obviously, the big one you circle is, is Iowa. They also have Michigan uh, next weekend. Um, they miss Ohio State, but could potentially play them in the uh, Big Ten championship that's projecting a ways out. But Wisconsin, if they have two losses – then for Oregon fans, you can go into that Michigan game firmly rooting for Wisconsin to win. It would be a great. True. And then you can do the same thing against Iowa. And I honestly think Wisconsin is the better team in both of those matchups and would have a great chance. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I, I do think that Wisconsin is going to beat Notre Dame. But again, we'll see. It's, it, it's a, within a touchdown spread. You know, anything could happen. If you're looking at the Notre Dame side of things, for me, I just don't believe this Notre Dame team is that good. Um, For reference, I have them 19th in my own rankings. Um, And you look at Notre Dame's schedule, they have Cincinnati, a game that Oregon actually might want Notre Dame to win. Yeah, the game's next week. (laughs) Yeah, but they have a ton of other games that – are very losable. Yep. Uh, at Virginia Tech, the Notre Dame game or the uh, USC game, North Carolina, Virginia, and Stanford. All I think losable. that yeah. all those are five games that are very losable. Um, I'm not sure if I see USC play like they did this weekend. 
going forward, I probably pick USC over Notre Dame. If Stanford keeps up what they're doing, I could see Stanford beating them very easily. Virginia and North Carolina played a competitive game this past weekend, both of which can win, and Virginia Tech beat North Carolina earlier. They could easily pull off another upset over Notre Dame. So I'm just with how I feel about this Notre Dame team not being elite like they've been in the past, it's very hard for me to see them going through the rest of their schedule and not dropping one to two to even three games uh, after this Wisconsin game. Yeah, man, their first game, uh, honestly, they haven't looked super convincing in any of their three wins, right? Mm -hmm. But especially in that first game against Florida State and even in the second one against Toledo, those could be could have been losses. From what I understand, Toledo had pretty much the worst possible clock management you can have, even though they had the ball with a chance to score. And, I mean, I think pretty much everybody watched that FSU game. It was on a Monday night. And pretty much everyone knows how bad FSU's been since that game. So, and, I mean, let me make this clear. I don't usually like to do that thing of, like, like I believe each team is totally different week to week, and that's an okay thing that we have yeah. to keep in mind but they lost to Jackson state, man. And then to follow it up with a loss, like they did at wake forest, dear God, Florida state is bad. I mean, they're Oh, and three, they haven't won a game and I'm looking forward. And they, I mean, there's not going to be a ton of games in which they're double digit favorites or anything. I mean, maybe like UMass, (laughs) I hope they are against UMass. Anyways, I'm getting off track here. I agree. I I think Notre Dame drops at least another game on this schedule. And if they do, I don't really know how you can justify putting them in the playoff, especially if knock on wood, if Oregon, you know, can run the table or get a one loss conference title out of it Um, and look better going forward. Cause again, I mean, as I noted in my last kind of overarching point, like we haven't been dominant yet. And I think this, this weekend we have a chance to do that, especially entering Pac-12 play. And I, I guess we have been dominated against Stony Brook, but anyone taking that seriously is probably doing themselves a disservice. Um, maybe some other games on here. Clemson and NC state is an obvious one. You want Clemson to lose that game totally knock themselves out of the playoff race. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned that one for a while. I think even since the preseason, it's one I've had circled um, NC state's a team we thought was pretty good in the ACC. Most people did at least. Um, and they've, they dropped the game against uh, Mississippi state in the non-con, but they look good in their other two games um, against not great opponents, but you know, a home game against a Clemson team that still has a lot of things to figure out, as we said. Uh, the FPI has has NC State at a 31% chance to win and pull off this upset. The line is, is 10 in favor of Clemson. Um, this would be the biggest win of the weekend, probably, for Oregon outside of their own game, I think. Um, if NC State pulls this off, the ACC takes a huge hit. Um, And I think it probably starts to uh, also take some attention off of the Pac-12, hopefully. I don't know if I just see it because I'm a Pac-12, you know, fan, but 
it sure seems like the ACC dodges a lot of the criticism that, you know, ends up on the Pac-12 store staff, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, like you just kind of look at the records so far, the ACC does have some better wins against like teams they should be beating. Um, they, they, at least they have a positive record as a conference so far in all their total games, whereas the Pac-12 is exactly 500. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see with the ACC, but I agree yeah. in premise that, like, Clemson being that top team is sort of the one thing that's kept the ACC afloat from a conference perception-wise over the Pac-12. That and people being able to watch the games. Um, yeah. yeah so, so the Big 12, you know, if Oklahoma drops – this week against West Virginia, shoot, it's, you know, the same thing. I, I don't – obviously, West Virginia is not going to have as big of a chance as NC State does, I don't think, and they have to go to Norman to play that game. But, you know, same thing applies. Yeah, Big 12 has six undefeated teams still. That's the big storyline. Yeah, but, again, a lot of those aren't super impressive. Like, Baylor's, Baylor's undefeated playing Texas State, Texas Southern, and Kansas. Right, but I mean, those are the type of games that the Pac-12 couldn't win. This is true. This is true. Texas Tech is still undefeated. Tyler Shuck, gang. Uh, but they go play Texas this weekend, so we'll see about that. Yeah. Um, some other games I wanted to point out. You know, there, there's the obvious ones. Like, if Vandy somehow, some way beats UGA, which they won't, uh, yeah, that would obviously I- be good for Oregon. Uh, any any Georgia and Bama game at this point, you just want to watch and try to evaluate those teams a bit. Yeah, um, Colorado State at Iowa, same thing. Like Colorado State's not going to win that game, but if they somehow do, then that would be really cool. Tennessee at Florida, same thing. A um, and M versus Arkansas might be the actual game of the week. This one, I believe, is in like that three thirty Pacific slot. So it's right in the middle of the day. That'll that'll hopefully be a really good game. I'm hoping to catch a lot of that before I head out to the walk to Autzen. But a lot of people like Arkansas straight up here, man. How are you feeling about it? I think the spread is like five uh, in favor of AM, but I don't be, think Haynes King will be available. So yeah, I'll be honest. I want Arkansas to win. Uh, and so I, I'm Picking them to win, I guess. Oh hell yeah! Uh, oh, okay, that's not where I thought yeah. you were going. With that. Yeah, no, no. I'm. I like the Hogs. I think it would be cool if they won. And yeah, I'm just excited to see it. I, I, I don't know. It just sounds fun. Um, and I lo- I'd like A and M to be exposed as frauds for whatever reason. I just have never really been an A and M supporter. Yeah, me neither. They really have some like super the SEC like pretentiousness runs surprisingly deep for a program that just recently joined the sec exactly uh, yeah yeah it, yeah it and they, that that fan base was horrible after the uh calvin banks commitment to oregon honestly yeah. they're just well some of them were some some of them were funny but but there's a segment of them that were just like exactly what you're saying sec pretentiousness yeah. um but that'll be really interesting i think Arkansas's ability to establish their run game is the big thing. Uh, and Arkansas is just cool because they really, um, 
I like Sam Pittman there a lot. And they're just kind of like the underdog who knows their identity and, yeah, you know, is going to try to pull off the upset. Yeah. Like you can't get mad at him for storming the field after beating Texas. Like that's just really cool. You know? Yeah. Totally. Um, one more that, uh, that I don't think you had on our list, but that I'm really please. looking at uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Again, I let me let me check the spread on that game. I can't imagine it's seventeen. I believe. Yeah, yeah, seventeen. You can get it anywhere from like sixteen to seventeen and a half. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, West Virginia like got a big win last week over and at the time number fifteen Virginia Tech, which is just laughable, by the way. I don't like this. This right here if I can go on a quick tangent might be the difference between the PAC 12 and ACC is this is where you really see it in perception. Virginia tech had a big win over North Carolina this year. You can't discount that. What, why are they number 15? What have they shown you that they can be a number 15 team in the country? They're again, uh, they're starting Braxton Burmeister who, you know, no disrespect. He's made the most out of his career that started pretty poorly at Oregon they couldn't they they lost pretty convincingly to west virginia in that game they had a chance to take it at the end but ultimately screwed it up yeah i i have a really tough time seeing west virginia win this game but i would love to be proven wrong at the same time like literally at the same time this was happening oklahoma looked very very bad against a very very bad nebraska team yeah so we'll see again that's a great one to keep an eye on they should have been beaten too by albeit a really good Tulane team. This is but, true. Um, but for Oklahoma, things get serious here fast. I mean, everyone's talked about some of the problems there. Or I guess honestly, people haven't talked about some of the problems there as much as they really should. Yeah, because they're still More number four for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Focus has just been on Ohio State and Clemson because they lost when in reality I would pick both of those teams over Oklahoma right now. But let me just tell you the next four games for for Oklahoma. West Virginia at home, at Kansas State, who's now ranked. And who they at, always lose to. Yes, at Texas, and then TCU at home. Nice. Well, that Texas is in the Cotton Bowl, obviously. Oh, but right, right, It's right. based, yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. The Red River, that's always a tough one. Yeah, man, I see a bunch of losable games on that schedule, and I would actually kind of be surprised if they made it out of that with – Exactly. Record. Yeah. I, yeah, I would definitely say the more likely scenario is they don't make it out of these four undefeated. But we'll see if they can turn it around. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma has talent. Um, we all know that. Uh, but they haven't looked good. And, and they are going to need to start playing their best football fast if they want to get past these next four weeks. I completely agree. All right, man, you got any more national games you want to mention, or should we move on to this this Pac-12 slate? Let's go Pac-12. Let's do it, baby. Do you want to make any picks on these games or just uh, – Yeah, I'm down to run run through and make picks. Sure. All right, cool. Let's start in just like – I I wrote them down here in chronological order. So we got Wazoo at Utah. Utah's a 14-point favorite. This one's at 1130 a.m. on Pac-12 Network. Uh, Real quick, there are no Pac-12 games on – actual national tv until 7 30 p.m eastern which is not great for the conference 
perspective or conference perception perspective, but it could be actually because these games might be terrible and these teams might be terrible, but if no one watches, they won't know, you know? Yeah. I I think that's kind of the blessing and the curse with the Pac-12 is, is no one watches in general. So they always assume we're like not very good. Uh, And so when we're, we actually are good, they don't get to see that. But when we're really, really bad, like we are this year, I think they still just assume we're mediocre. Yeah. So Wazoo <laughs> obviously got blown out by, by USC last week. Yeah. Utah lost to SDSU in triple overtime, both coming off pretty poor losses in, that, in different ways. Utah, the home team, I I have a hard time seeing them not cover this game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, give me Utah, 100%. I trust their culture more. I I just – the Utes, I think, are going to get it back back, uh, under control one way or another. I, You know, whereas I think Rolo really could just uh, kind of be on a downward spiral into being fired. Yeah. So you like them both straight up and against the spread? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, UCLA are four-and-a-half-point favorites at Stanford. This might actually be the game of the week in the Pac-12. Um, and, of course, it's on 3 p.m. at Pac-12 Network, so no one is going to watch it. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's got to be, though. I, I think it does, too, looking up and down this slate. Um Obviously, the Ducks get the ESPN game because people want to watch us. But, I mean, nobody like Colorado, Arizona State maybe. Honestly, maybe the Beavers playing, playing USC. We'll see, I guess, what, what the game of the week is. But UCLA and Stanford's a good matchup, I think. Um, it's kind of a do-or-die situation for UCLA if they want to, like – I guess it's not do-or-die if they want to win the conference, but – they can't afford to slip too far um, from a uh, perception standpoint if they want to have any semblance of a, a, I can't even say playoff run, but like a New Year's Six run, you know what I mean? Um, Well, Well, here's the thing that people need to remember. If Oregon does get the playoff spot, and again, that's long way out, right? We're not predicting that, but mm – if Oregon were to get the playoff spot, someone else from the Pac-12 gets a New Year's Six spot. Yeah. So one of these teams is going to have to get their yeah. shit together and is going to wind up playing in a New Year's Six game if Oregon were to make a playoff. Um, so that's just a pretty interesting kind of wrinkle that could come into play, I guess. Yeah. Do you, oh, before we make our picks, do you think that there's a side in this game that Oregon should be rooting for? Uh, UCLA, because they're the team in the South and Stanford is the team in the North. <laughs> but also because, as you started to mention, like UCLA is the only other ranked team in the AP poll. And actually, are they even still ranked? Yeah, they're 24. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, at this rate, they are going to be the only ranked team left on Oregon's schedule. So, yeah. 
again, as much as people should be paying more attention to the the middle class of pack of uh, the sport in general, and not just look at top twenty fives, which is a really dumb number to choose. Um, people won't care if we beat Stanford. People might care if we beat UCLA on the road. So yeah, for from I, that standpoint, I'm going UCLA, or I want them to win at least. Yeah, I do think you know just to play devil's advocate, I think you're probably right that. Ideally, beating a UCLA team who climbs back up into the top 18 or something by the time we play them is best case scenario. But Stanford right now is uh, does have is receiving three votes in the top 25, whatever that means. You know, they are <laughs> there are people they're at least somewhere in that tier where some people are considering them as flirting with top 25 yeah, status. Yeah. And I think that their turnaround after turning to McKee at quarterback could be solidified by a win against UCLA. Um, and maybe that would vault them into not probably ranked, but like go- a good team legitimately, like people think they're a good team. And the good news about that is that Oregon would get them next week. So Oregon would have an immediate chance to make a statement against them versus UCLA. What I'm worried about is that UCLA wins this game and then they drop to Arizona state or Washington uh, before Oregon plays them. And then it's kind of like we go over two and we don't get a, we, everyone thinks Stanford's pretty like meh. And then UCLA isn't even ranked, but anyways, it, you know that that's kind of not. Yeah, that's not the most meta. important thing. But it, yeah, <laughs> uh, who do you got in this game? Uh, I, I think I've got UCLA at the end of the day. I'm I'm really excited for it though, um, because I think it could have like some like off-brand uh, like twenty you know, early 2010 Oregon Stanford vibes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like neither, neither of these teams are obviously like top 10 teams like Oregon and Stanford were in the early 2010s, but just Chip Kelly versus David Shaw, you know, that was the root of the stylistic fight. And so yeah. I think it could be really, you know, kind of fun and, um, you know, nostalgic to watch kind of those styles uh, clash again. But I'll take UCLA and I'll, I'll take them against the spread as well since it's a, okay. a, you know, four and a half points that I think they probably cover. Yeah. Here's my thing with this game. I think if UCLA – I think if Stanford can keep it close, I think they can win the game. Right. However, I'm tempted to take UCLA to cover. Like, it's either going to be a UCLA cover or Stanford for the win. You know what I mean? I don't see Stanford losing a close game here. Well, that's – and that's what happened with Chip at Oregon most times. Yeah, exactly. the most iconic matchups. We pulled away when we won, and when it was close, we we lost. Exactly. I mean, UCLA just lost a close game against Fresno last week. Mm -hmm. I don't think they necessarily handled it poorly, but, I mean – they lost the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stanford, I'm just, I'm not totally sold on them being back. 
you know, yeah. this is a very, it was a very Stanford thing to beat USC, as we said at the time, or even before that game uh, in, in the Coliseum. Like that was just a very Pac-12 thing to happen. So let me phrase it this way. What's the most Pac-12 thing that could happen in this game? What's the most Pac-12 outcome? I think it's UCLA just winning. I, I, I'm not sure I see the craziness with Stanford. So I'll, I'll also take UCLA straight up and against the spread. Yeah. Um, Cal at Washington. <laughs> I got I to gotta say something before this. Uh, okay, okay. Before this game. There's this really funny thing um, that I saw on Twitter from this other Pac-12 podcast, No Truck Stops. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. I've not listened, but I've heard of them. I've been meaning to take a, take a gander. Yeah, so they – I haven't listened yet either. I just, I just heard of them and, and followed them. Um, and I am excited to listen because I love Pac-12 football, obviously. But I saw them post this thing on Twitter that I just thought was so perfect and made me so much more excited to listen to it. So they have two labels that they give every week out yeah. to Pac-12 games. So the first one, I'll, I'll go game by game, but this is the, the Cal at Washington one earned one of the labels. This was the Sicko's game of the week. Oh, yeah. And Big they time. call they described this a game that you would only watch if you really love the Pac 12. Normals should take a nap for safety reasons, degenerate shit only. <laughs> that, that just Back, is man. what this game is. <laughs> that it is exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly correct. I mean, people who know this certain rivalry between Cal and Washington well know that um, two years ago was the the storm game where they ended up playing in basically in front of an empty stadium uh, and Cal actually won this game um, I believe they also won two years ago in Cal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or I guess that would be two meetings ago because they didn't yeah. they didn't play last year or maybe they did I don't think they played last year off, off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, Either I'll way, right I would now. not be I I would not be surprised for Cal to win this game, even though I think this spread is too low for Washington. Like I th- I think this should be like I think they should be probably a two touchdown favorite or like a ten point favorite in this game. Instead, they're seven and a half at home. I kind of have the same reasoning as the last one. I think if Cal keeps it close, then you know, that's <laughs> then I think they'll win. I but I think if Washington can, I do think Washington's the better team, and I think they can pull away earlier. So, oh, man, since I, I mean, I've been writing these picks down, but I don't really know if we're going to keep track of these over like weeks and weeks of this pod. So, Let's screw just it. I'm just going to go Cal, man. I'm taking Cal. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take Washington with the point or, or minus the seven and a half. Um, yeah. There, you know, there's not much to say except that I just think that uh, Washington is the better team. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they are. They show they, that they can <laughs> actually in fact score points. Um, even yeah. if it was against Arkansas state, like, is Arkansas but, State really that far off from a from a lower end Pac-12 team? Yeah, but I, I mean, I can't trust you, Dub, and and ultimately, I'll, I've been surprised by this matchup 
before, but nothing would surprise me at this point. Uh, so, yeah. but I'll be watching it for sure. I'm excited to see what happens. The, the next game we're going to do, Oregon State USC, uh, earned the other uh, title given out by No Truck Stops, the Bad Vibes game of the week. This is, <laughs> logically, this game should be a no-brainer, but there's just some sort of vibe that's just off. It's going to get weird. I agree, man. Nailed it. USC. So, so what's the deal with USC? I heard like, obviously Slovis is, is banged up, I, but I also heard Jackson Dart might be injured. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Dart is actually more in, injured than Slovis. Wow. Um, and Dante Williams has said it's a open competition. I think uh, I, I, this is basically a guess, but I kind of think if Dark can go, he'll play. Maybe they split drives or something. I don't know. It's crazy to say any, that. You got any intel on their third stringer? I think he had an alliterative name, but I can't remember anything else about him. Like no, Matt Miller I... or something like that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's actually was a good recruit, but I, I don't think he's – He's I mean, a he's freshman still as well. A freshman, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a freshman as well. Um, Beavers seem to have their quarterback figured out. Chance Nolan yeah, yeah. kind of took the job last week. But how crazy is it if if Slovis gets his job taken? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, was he not, not the – people thought he'd be like a top 10 pick maybe. I mean, he was supposed to be the best QB in the Pac-12. We yeah. both said that, I think. Yeah, and and maybe the and like given how down of a year it is at quarterback, like someone had to emerge from this quarterback class, and like between him, Howell, and Rattler, like there was a decent chance it was gonna be him. It it looked like going into the year, and now he might get his job taken by a freshman. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um. USC are ten and a half point favorites. This one's in the Coliseum. It's on FS1, same time as the Oregon game, seven thirty local. I, I don't know, man. It just like the fact that I know some people who play on Oregon State's team makes me want to take USC. <laughs> like, no disrespect to them, but like, <laughs> like the talent gap is just so wide here. <laughs> That's a that is a great set of reasoning. Um, I'm taking Oregon State to cover. All right, all right. Uh, I'll take, take USC. Uh, am I forced to make an outright pick, or are no? Can we can we can just make these all against the spread. Yeah, makes it more fun. Um, you got anything else to say about this game before we hit the last one? No, I, I, I think that I think the truck stop encapsulated exactly how I feel about this game uh, more than more than <laughs> I ever could. It just is the bad vibes game. You just if something wacky is going to happen, it's probably going to be there, I think. Yeah, I would love for Oregon State to win that game even. Well, would I? Yeah, sure. I would It'd be good for the little beavers. It'd be nice. Um, I think we're, we're a couple weeks away here maybe after this week and one more from getting a better picture 
of exactly what the Pac-12 North race looks like too. So I'm kind of keeping yes. that in the back of my head right now with all these matchups, but at the same time, I don't really know who we need to have a loss other than Wazoo, I feel confident is low. Any other team I could kind of see emerging as a as the second team. Well, in the and North. It's, it's conference record before division record. So, right. I mean, Wazoo's already starting from behind in that. Sense. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they already lost to USC. Um, all right. Arizona State hosts Colorado. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this, this game is just hilarious to me because you have one team in Colorado that just absolutely got the floor wiped with them against uh, Minnesota. They have zero semblance of an offense. They mm-hmm. they got blanked. They didn't score a single point. Um, and meanwhile, you have Arizona State, who like were one of those programs who were like trying to make noise for themselves as like a a dark horse like conference title winner, and then they lose to BYU in a game that they could have won. Um, yeah, where they, I mean. BYU credit them, but also Arizona State's discipline and just like if they just were better coached and just had a better mentality and culture going into the game, like they easily could have won, you know? Yeah, that's why this 14 and a half is tricky to me for Arizona State. Have you, um, th- you know, this, this one is. Well, actually, let me give your pick first. You, you give your pick first. That was that was well timed though, because I had to sneeze. Um, apologies for the the sniffles, all pod. By the way, I, the Eugene allergies are really hitting me hard here. <laughs> um, man, how many points would Colorado have to score to cover this? Or to to yeah to cover this. Because I don't think they can score any, man. I, I seriously don't. I think, you know, maybe they can get like 14, maybe 17 if they get like a special teams touchdown or big play. I, I'm taking Arizona State, dude. There's just – there's. <sighs> I know the spread's only 14 and a half, but I feel like it should be bigger. I'm going, I'm going with Colorado. Okay. And that's because – Pate has this as a uh, as a ramen noodle express pick. Oh, are you serious? Yep. Oh my god. And he has it as he has it as like he says this game he struggled with the most because apparently his model has it at like eighty percent uh, cover what? probability for Colorado. Oh no! And he's well, like totally. That's what's thrown. I would pick Arizona State if it wasn't for that wrinkle. And maybe it will just prove that the model was wacky. But he says this is like one of his biggest locks of the year, just according to the model. Um, and I just don't know what it's seeing, but I'm interested to find out. Well, shit. I, all right, I'll pick ASU for the pod, but in real life, I might have to get <laughs> that Colorado then. Um. Okay, we finally get to the game that we actually want to cover this week, which is Oregon and Arizona. Ducks are 27 and a half point favorites at home. Uh, I think they cover that, but we'll get to that 
Um, injury news, we got A.B., Keith Brown, Troy Franklin, and Stephen Jones should all be, quote, good to go, according to Mario. Uh, got that from Max Torres on Twitter. Shout out. Uh, as you mentioned, KT is still day-to-day, and we got Braden Swinson as a doubtful. Any other injury tidbits we should touch on before we dive into what might happen? No, those are the big ones. You know, if, if I commented on the AB situation earlier, I might have been a bit more skeptical that he was going to play, but now it sounds like he is in a good position to play. Um, you know, Mario is, is a bit uh, cagey about injury news at times, but when he says someone's all good to go, you know, usually that means you can, you can really expect them to play. Um, yeah. And when he says day to day, that's when, that's when you need to just kind <laughs> of put a question mark there uh, yeah. and move on with your time. But anyways, uh, uh, that's it on injuries. I think, you know, we, we obviously didn't spend, we dedicated a lot of this episode to other things. And the reason for that is, is cause I view this Arizona state game as not much different than the Stony Brook game. Ultimately this Arizona game. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Yeah. It's not much different than the Stony Brook game. Really. I just think Arizona is really bad. Their roster is bad. They have, I think the longest losing streak in the power five. Um, Wouldn't put it past them. I just, they've lost 15 straight. Jesus. This team's oh just bad. Um, and the good news is Oregon's Oregon's going to have a, you know, opportunity to showcase the team for uh, some recruits that are visiting. Again, if you want coverage on that stuff, go over to Scoop Duck. Interviews will be posted after they visit. That's the place to be in terms of all that recruiting information. But that's, I think this is going to just be a fun game to watch. It's going to put me in a good mood on Saturday night, hopefully, um, and just kind of be fun. Hopefully we get some good uniforms. Offense looks good mm-hmm. uh, is the big thing I'm looking at. You know, I think um, Bud Elliott had both has Oregon to cover and the over. Love to hear that. But um, I thought he hated Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> And so that that's awesome. I think, I mean, did you already mention what the spread was? It's, it's yeah, 27 four, and a half. Yeah. 27 and a half. So that's, you know, four touchdowns, uh, win that, that would be pretty awesome. Um, and I think it could easily be more than that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to spend that much time breaking down the matchups here because I could just go through every single position and tell you that Oregon has another advantage (laughs) and another advantage. And so I don't think we're going to learn a lot about Oregon this week either. I think the one thing you could learn is just how good does this offense come out? I think if the offense came out and they didn't have the quote unquote slow start that people kind of, for whatever reason, accused them of last week, even though, like we said, we didn't think it was as big of a deal. Yeah. Um, I think that would be good. I think just handle business. It's a chance. Number three in the country. 
right now and you have a chance to, you know, put a dominant conference win on the table, I think it's just a really fun, exciting place to be uh, to close out September, close out the first month of college football. So I'm just very positive vibes going into this one. I'm going to shift gears for sure heading into that that Stanford game. And that's one that I'm really going to dive into and, and already am, you know, dedicating extra time towards because I think that's gearing up to be a bigger game than something um, or than maybe we thought a few weeks ago mm-hmm. but this game I'm just not going to get a lot from uh, other than just you know have fun with it really yeah so I, I want to ask you something do you think I mean so we've mentioned time and time again that we expect Oregon to if we're being realistic drop one at least one conference game somewhere between here and the end of the regular season. Right. Yeah. Is it safe to say that this is the least likely game for that to happen? Oh, absolutely. By far in my eyes. By far. Like, yeah. By far. I mean, maybe Colorado is, ends up being worse, but like the, when do those two teams play by the way, week seven, Arizona and Colorado play. So that'll, you know, Maybe that'll be a measuring stick for who's the worst team in the Pac-12. But, no, nah, man, I, <laughs> this is a team that just lost to Northern Arizona, and for good reason. Like, we were trying to give them props in week one for hanging with BYU for a little bit. But then they lost to SDSU, and then they lost to Northern Arizona. Like, I'm taking Oregon against the spread here, and I'm taking them to, I mean, obviously to win, but to win by a lot. Again, I think this is the game where we can see that dominant explosion on offense um, against someone other than, than Stony Brook. Yeah. I think it's a chance to just check off that box and anytime you can, I think just, just seeing Oregon go out there, this is one of those games that you could win, win and put up 50 plus and yeah, whoever you're playing, you know, I stand by my, my thing that I do think that checks off a box when you can put, when you can put up 50 against any, any team that's, um, you know, plays in a power five conference or even some that don't, I still think that it's just something that a lot of people can't do. Uh, but yeah, you know, it could be something similar to Oregon played it, Arizona in, in 2019, they won 34 to six. Um, that was a similar game. That was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't Until know. Micah broke his wrist. Yeah. Yeah, that's correctly. true. Um, um, that's the other thing is really what we're rooting for is no injuries. Yeah. Uh, with a trip to the farm next weekend. Yeah. And the other thing I'm rooting for is cool uniforms. Uh, Facts. They, they say wear green. But yes. then I was I was talking with uh, what at Sam TS one hundred one I think yeah, yeah student section dude he was saying he thinks it could be something quote unquote darker I guess meaning black and I saw some black and yellow cleats shared by someone on Twitter that Oregon was was apparently maybe wearing in practice because they like to break those in before games so maybe we see a new uniform something. Some, Could be. Some yeah. black uniform, maybe. Um, but that that's honestly one of the – that, and then, you know, maybe we see some young guys again. We'll see. But 
but I'm not worried about a loss. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us. But yeah, yeah. it'll look really stupid if, if we say, it. I mean, if we get caught on that, but yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Obviously we, we got some guys coming back and I mean, Arizona isn't a lot to deal with in the first place. So like you said, just staying healthy really is the biggest thing. I mean, as I'm looking at the step chart right now, we got like four edge guys who are dinged up and having that yeah. all be in one position group is kind of annoying being KT yeah. Mace, Funa, Swinson and Jackson, the Duke, like those yeah, are all guys who probably who either have or would have played by now. It's going to be really exciting to see if KT does end up coming back. Um, I feel good about him being back for that, for that, uh, Stanford game regardless, but if he's not there this week, then uh, I think it's precautionary probably, but um, if he is, it'll be fun to see him and go out there. I'm sure he'll, he'll make his presence felt again. Yeah, for sure. You got any uh, score prediction for tonight or anything like that? Um, I mean, I think Oregon's going to cover. I don't know. Throwing out an exact one is, it's tough. Do you know what the over under is? I think it's like I was 56. Just about to look at that. Uh, uh, where is it listed? It is not listed on here. I don't know. Whatever. I, I assume it would be like, uh, it would probably give them 10. So it would probably be like 38 to 10, something like that would be the predicted yeah. final. So yeah. what was that, like 48? So I might, might take the over on that. Yeah, I think the I think the offense is gonna get something going, uh, and I think that like the defense is pretty good. I think it, it'll be tough to see them score more than like fourteen, uh, and like you said, ten is probably more realistic for the total for the team total for them. But I think I think Oregon, I hope will get over fifty is is what I'm hoping. Um, if you just uh, I think also Arizona plays a little faster than Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some potential there. Obviously you get more possessions, you can score more. Um, and so I think Oregon get to that 50 mark is something that I, would be exciting. Cause I don't know if they'll have another real opportunity to do that this year. Um, so something like that, 50, 55 to 10. I like that. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah, I, I nailed the total. It was 58 and a half. So um, I guess oh, the spread's said, more. You said 48. Oh, I did? Oh, gee. Wait. Yeah, you said 38.10, right? Oh, that, that does add to 48. Yeah. Okay. I feel a little bit worse about that. But okay, maybe under on, on 58 then. That's kind of a lot. I, d- I mean, I don't see Arizona scoring more than like 14 points against us. Yeah, Oregon would need to really put the I think there's no way that Oregon it's tough to see Oregon covering and it going under Under. yeah yeah of course that's always the struggle with these big spreads and I mean anything can happen in garbage time I guess like you wouldn't you wouldn't walk out of the stadium that's not surprised I don't know what I'm saying 50 to 20 you know I don't know what I'm saying. I think Oregon could cover and go under, actually. That's not what I mean. Really? Yeah, if they just win 42 to 10. 
like that yeah, could easily that's true. happen. Yeah. <laughs> or or they could or Arizona could score even less. They could just win like fifty to three. Either way, I mean, I'm looking for a quick start. I hope Arizona doesn't suffocate the game like Stony Brook did, where they just run it constantly. But I mean, I also. To be honest, I don't know much about Arizona's run-pass balance, but I can't imagine they'll want to air it out a ton against us. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those who who wanted more of an Oregon breakdown, sorry, just tune in. Tune in against next week. Tune in against again next week. We'll go super in depth on the Stanford game, but this is just how we handle it when when there's a game that's not going to be that close usually. And again, like you said, usually how we do this is we just break down position by position, like where the advantages and maybe disadvantages are. But if we're being honest, there are no disadvantages against this team. Like, yeah, there's not, there's not even a thing I could highlight where I would say bet Arizona. Oh, watch out for this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty rough. They might be looking at an 0-12 season, actually. Um, again, they're, they just lost their easiest game of the year. And, I mean, it wasn't like a fluke or anything. Northern Arizona very much uh, should have won that game and did. Yeah. Uh, post-game win percent was, was 92 for Northern Arizona. So, advanced stats not liking Arizona against NAU – can't imagine they like them at all against us. Can't imagine Oregon lo- losing this game, to be perfectly honest with you. Again, hope that doesn't come back to bite us, but not super worried about it. <sighs> Got anything else on this, man? Should we get out of here? I think we're, yeah, I think we're good to sign out. I don't have anything else, really. All right, cool. Um, well, enjoy yourself. I, I haven't checked the forecast for the game, but it's probably going to be cold because it's a night game, so... Stay bundled up, everybody. Stay safe and go Ducks. Go Ducks.